0: We want to get into our uh, passage for this morning. Uh, before we do that, though, I think it's it would be worthwhile for us to pause for a minute, and uh, I'd like for us. Uh, I'm going to lead in prayer uh, for the situation that's going on in Israel right now. And so let's let's all bow it. Father, we come before you this morning, and we know, Father, from your Word uh, that uh, your people, the Jews, have a very special place in your heart. And Father, we we pray this morning for the situation and the devastation uh, and the terror that we're seeing happen on the other side of the world. And Father, we just we ask for um, you to be with the leaders over there, to be able to know the right response to make. We ask for those that are caught in the middle, uh, Father, and, and facing horrific situations. We, we ask, Father, for your strength to be with them. And we pray for your deliverance in their lives. And Father, we we continue to pray a prayer that has been prayed for 2,000 years, Plus years, and that is, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Father, we know that um, we know the problems that are there. We know uh, the, the biblical prophecy around that. And Father, we we just pray, knowing that um, that it is ultimately Your hand and the return of Your Son that is going to bring peace. And so, Father, we just uh, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem now, and ask You to be, Father, within that situation. If we don't see the permanent peace, Father, we at least ask that uh, there can be, the situation can be returned to the temporary peace that there was before. Uh, Father, be with those on the ground. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs 29, we're going to be in the Old Testament today, just one verse today. Uh, If you're visiting with us, there's the pew Bible in front of you and there's a uh, a page number in your bulletin in the order of worship as to where we're going to be. Proverbs 29, uh, 18. Proverbs 29, 18. And... and we're just going to read the one verse. It says, For where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint." The blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Um, there was a man named Andrew Jackson Higgins um, who was very instrumental uh, when it came to D-Day over half a century ago. Um, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Saving Private Ryan or one of the other war movies, you know that the, the D-Day invasion one of the most important pieces of equipment they had were these boats called Higgins boats that came up, they had these very high sides, and you know they came up to the beach and then there was a, 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 a the wall that came down allowing the soldiers to run out into, of course, what was horrific, gunfire and everything. But, um, but what's not as well known is that those, those ships were not really wanted by the Navy. Higgins came up with that design and believed they were going to be essential for what was going to be the eventual invasion of europe and to have those high sides so that the the, the troops were protected on their way there and then to have uh, the ability to to unload them right onto the beach what the navy wanted before that was larger ships um, and they did not see the need for that but higgins even though he was not a member of the army or anything like that he had a vision for the type of ship that they would need in order to be able to get troops onto the beaches. And he pushed that with the Navy, and eventually they saw the wisdom of that, bought a bunch of those. Um, About 20 years after D-Day, Dwight Eisenhower said this, Higgins is the man who won the war for us. That's how important the vision that that one man had was when it came to D-Day. The passage that we're looking at this morning is a passage that is generally um, approached and preached along those same lines of somebody with a vision. And I've said this before uh, throughout this sermon series, it's not that it's bad for somebody to have a vision. The question we're asking today is, what does this verse in particular mean? And this verse is so often used to talk about someone with a vision, and this verse has nothing to do with someone with a vision. So we want to talk about that misconception and then get into what this verse really means. If you have your sermon outlined today, we're going to start there. Where there is no vision, the people perish. This is usually used to support a leader sharing a strategic vision. This is usually used to support a leader sharing a strategic vision. So if you look in... um, the, the way that it's translated in NIV says the same thing, just slightly different words. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, and the blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. If you look in, the version most people are more familiar with is the old King James Version. And it's in your outline there at the beginning of that. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And the way this has, is used all the time, especially in church life, is um i'll make up an example let's say there's a church and they started to grow a little bit and so the pastor thinks you know okay as we're going to continue to grow we're going to need more space and so he forms a committee and they come up with this idea okay the first thing we're going to do is we're going to build a family life center and have like a nice big fellowship hall and then once we get that paid off we're going to build a bigger